So if that ruins you every time you see one of those commercials, just look, just look, which Jesus are they preaching? And what is the message behind it? Is there a change that's behind that? You notice, oh, guys, didn't it, isn't it powerful to, to watch that and see the, the, the word former in front of all of those people? They're no longer porn stars. They're no longer uh, addicts. They're no longer all of these things. No longer. Of such were some of you. Guys, there is, there is a redemption. There is uh, a redemption for our souls, right? There's a new start. We can be new creations in Christ. That's the true message that should be up there. Former, former, former. Not, hey, continue in this. And Jesus has nothing to say about it. No, he had a lot to say about it. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Romans 12. As a recap, uh, we, we studied last week. Uh, Israel's rejection is not total or final. We talked about that a little bit already this morning. But God still has a plan for them. And God's ways are past us finding out. And, it, and Romans 11 ends with this. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Because of these things and because glory belongs to him forever. Paul continues in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, so Paul continues his letter uh, after uh, explaining... Uh, that Israel's rejection is not total or final. And he goes on at, at the end of, of 11 and says, For of him and through him and to him are all things. Of him, through him, to him are all things. And because of that, including the glory forever, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I beseech you, I implore you. This is an urgent uh, uh, you know, call to them. And he's telling them, this is, this is how we're going to, and then he, he continues, these next few chapters are all about Christian living. How do I live as a Christian? How, how do we carry on from here? He, the, the, when we see the Christian doctrine, chapters 1 through 8, so powerful, right? And then we see 9, 10, 11 talking about Israel, right? Now uh, Paul gets to, okay, so for you that are Christians, by the mercies of God, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy to God. Uh, it's holy and acceptable uh, to God. And he calls them brethren. So he's talking to fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, by the mercies of God. You know, when, when you read through, and it's impossible to read through, uh, unless you're spiritually blind, to read through Romans chapter 1, verse 11, and not see the mercy of God all through uh, the, uh, what we've been studying already. All through there. Very powerfully uh, described and displayed by Paul, by the mercies of God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, our bodies, our whole being. You know, you consider a sacrifice is no longer alive to itself, right? When something's been offered, it's no longer alive. We're called as Christians to be living sacrifices, and we're going to dive into that here a little bit more. It's talking about a life laid down before the Lord, but we continue living. But for God now, our life is, is lived in a different light now. And we're, we're living for God. Now, our, our studies on Wednesday nights 
uh, these things might uh, jump out to you a little bit more because we're literally going over the offerings. Uh, and uh, we've, we've gone through, and I, I don't remember what chapter we're in in Leviticus uh, that, we, that we've studied. I think 9 and 10 uh, we just did. And uh, when we're going through all those chapters and we're understanding, okay, well, there's this offering and there's that, that offering and the, the intricate uh, um, instructions that come with each one of these. All of them meant something. And we see Christ in, in the midst of all of them. And that they're all pointing to Jesus Christ. So this is talking about living a life of, that, that is holy and acceptable to God. A living sacrifice. Living our lives in a way that's holy and acceptable to Him. You know, living a life of worship according to God's Word. That's how we're supposed to live our lives. Right? So the sacrifices were part of worship. We're supposed to live our lives as worship to God. As we are walking. Re realize that. Our worship isn't just when we come here Sunday mornings. Sunday night, Wednesday night, Bible study, whatever it is. We are called to live lives of worship. According to the Word of God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Not just like an on-off switch of Christianity. No, that switch is on. You guys see some of the, if you on your way out, hopefully all of you will see it now. There's a switch. Uh, the last switch on your way out the door has a plastic thing holding the switch up so nobody shuts the light off that comes over so you can find your keys when you're trying to get in. We need one of those, right? We need to apply that to our lives and say we, we need to hold ourselves accountable. I'm not going to shut this light off. I'm not going to shut that switch off. Live, living my life as a living sacrifice. Think of the sacrifice. When the sacrifice was offered, it lost its life. Blood was poured out, right? We pour out our bodies, our lives. We're, we're called to live a life of sacrifice to the Lord. We're, we're called to be dead to ourselves, alive to Him. Live out our lives as living sacrifices. As is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Christian has been called out of this world. We're not to emulate the world. We're not supposed to look and act and be the same as everybody else. And we're Christians like, like uh, covertly. You know, uh, you were undercover Christians, anything like, no, it's not what we're called to be. Because if we're living a life that is reflective of one that's been conformed to this world and we're not standing out, there's nothing about us that's different. Are we, are we living a life that's holy and acceptable and pleasing to God? We're called not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the re renewing of your mind. How does our mind get renewed? By the work of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit going to work in our lives. I've come to the Lord. I've come to understand who He is. I've, I've accepted Him as my Savior. I've received the Holy Spirit. Now I have to yield to Him. I need to dive into the Word of God. I need to be in prayer. I need to be in fellowship. I need to be praising God. Spending time with brothers and sisters. And then God, as, as we're walking out and living out our Christian, Christian faith, understanding that we're no longer alive to us. We're alive to God. And if we're, we're living that life and we're walking as, as living sacrifices, our mind gets changed. The Holy Spirit, as we, as we yield our will uh, to Him, and He continues to build us and to strengthen us. 
then our minds get renewed. There's a renewal that happens. Remember, you've heard me say it many times, we're new creations in Christ. All things, old things have passed, behold, all things have become new. That means a clean slate, a fresh start for somebody. So if somebody's brand new to their faith, you could, we, we can share that to somebody and say, you've been given a fresh start. For us that have been walking with the Lord, understand that His, His mercies are more, right? You've fallen, you've backslidden, you've gone back, go right back to Him. Say, Lord, I was giving in uh, to conforming to the ways of this world. Would you please renew me? Just, just wash my mind, wash me clean, help me. Holy Spirit does His work. As we're walking in the Spirit, not in uh, the flesh, we're going to uh, witness this renewing of our mind. <clears throat> There's going to be a transformation that happens in our lives. The Lord has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. There has to be transformation, right? You can't be like, yeah, he's called me out of darkness into his marvelous light, but I still live here in the darkness. We can't do that. That means we haven't left the darkness. He's called us out of that. There's repentance, right? The former, former, former we just saw up there. <clears throat> it's all, all uh, old things that have passed. In Christ, behold, all things have become new. The church has to stop trying to emulate the world also. We're called to be separate, to shine as lights in a dark world, not to blend in. All right. So, oh, hey, are you guys got that? We've got that too. No, you know, we don't have that, whatever that is. I don't really have an example for you. But we are not to, as a corporate body or individually, supposed to emulate the world. We're supposed to let Christ transform us, right? Let the Holy Spirit just have his way in us. Change me. Make me a new creation. And then let him do it. Be obedient as he's calling us to, right? Have to be obedient to him. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 21 through 24 says, If indeed you have heard him, Jesus, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. Verse 23, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created in God uh, in true righteousness and holiness. We want to experience that true uh, renewing that happens. We walk uh, in uh, the, the strength of the Holy Spirit, not our own. Let him mold us, not the pressures of this world, right? Because if you're molding something, you're, you're pressing it and you're making it something. There's all kinds of pressure in this world. Think of our youth. As we got a few people, junior high, high school in here, right? We've all been there, right? What do they call it? Peer what? Peer pressure, right? To, to try to get us to conform to a mindset or conform to do something. It's pressure that's needed to make something conform. We're not to conform. We're to, to be transformed uh, in the renewing of our mind. That's going to happen as we embrace Christ. We walk with him and let the Holy Spirit do his work in our lives. That's how, because none of this that's, that's being said here can just happen uh, as a wave of a wand for us. So, hey, I'm perfect now. All these things. There are going to be things that God is going to purge out of our lives. Perfect in his eyes, yes. But there, there's going to be a growth process. There's going to be a dying process that happens in us. Right? That this old thing is dying off. This thing's all gone. It's all gone. And God has made all things new. It's a process for us. Don't get frustrated. 
practice, continue remembering that we're called to live lives as living sacrifices. I'm laying this down. I just need to lay it down and let God have my life. Verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So Paul has been given grace and he's sharing it uh, with everyone. And man needs reminders here. So he's talking about grace and, and these, these great reminders here, not to think himself more highly than he ought. It's an easy thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> right? It's such an easy thing to do. You know, get prideful and, and we have spiritual face plants, hurts, get bruises, you know, all those injuries or whatever it may be, right? What is Paul's encouragement? He says, he says, for I say through the grace given me to everyone who is among you, not to think it, you know, himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So what's his encouragement? Be humble and think soberly. Think soberly. Now, now that doesn't necessarily just isn't just talking about uh, you know outside substances that might control that that can be applied too. But think right. Think soberly. Take yourself out of whatever may be influencing your mind and say, what does God's word have to say about this? God's word. Uh, there's there's great warning about uh, you know lifting ourselves up and the word of God and against pride. If we understand that God has given us all faith and we've all received the same grace and faith, why should we think ourselves any better than anybody else? Right? Galatians chapter 6, verse 3 says, For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Right? Not to be walking around. There, there should be a spirit of humility amongst all Christians. Shouldn't be this spiritual pride puffed up walking through the church, right? If you could see it being displayed in church. You know, arms so big, can't fit through the door, right? Can't, oh man, my head won't, won't quite get in there, right? It would look funny if we could see it, right? It comes out though, doesn't it? You know, it's come out of our lives. We've had to be corrected. God has said, that's pride in your heart. You can't let that rule in here. You can't, you can't have that in here. Don't think more highly of yourself than anybody else. There's, you know, the warnings in the scripture, right? Think you're great. Take heed lest you fall, right? God keeps us humble. If we don't understand humility, dive into the scripture and look at the example of Jesus Christ. You'll see no greater example of humility than God in the flesh humbling himself to become a man. Dive in and understand that more. Verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Many members, one body. Many members, different functions. Right? So, so we don't all have the same function. Think of God's wisdom in that. Imagine if we all came in, we all did the same thing. We'd come in, take a right-hand turn, and come and sit. We'd all be sitting in the same seat. Right? Right? Because if we're all doing the same thing, it would be that foolish. Right? And this is explaining God's wisdom. We have different functions. But we all, uh, you know, coming together, uh, the, all these individual members coming together create one body. They come together. Imagine if we were all noses in the body of Christ. It'd be kind of a weird thing, wouldn't it be? It's like, I'm the nose. 
Right? And there would be some weird pride thing that would that would even come with that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 says, For whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing uh, causes growth in the body for the edifying of itself in love. So that means that God gives us all different gifts, gives us all different functions within the body, to come together to sharpen one another. That's what that says. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. If we were all the same, there'd be no growth. But because we all have different things to offer, we can just uh, you know, trust the Lord that, that he's going to use us all in different ways. We're not all called to do the same thing. We're not all called to be the same person. God has called us all different people, you know, many uh, different people, but all part of one body. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion of, to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Different gifts. Not earned, fabricated. These are described as what? Gifts. Gifts. This is what God has equipped people with. Gave those to people that he wanted to have them. We may get frustrated that what if I don't have this gift? I don't have that gift. Focus on what gift God gave you and use that for his glory. Not all of us have the same gift. You don't want me building anything for you. You don't. I'll just flat out. I can build you a box. I'm going to be a good one. Alan's a builder. You want him to build the box. We all have different gifts. But this is talking about spiritual gifts. You know, God... Made these, gave these gifts to people because he wanted them to use them. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 say, And he himself gave some of you to be apostles, those that are sent out, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of saints and for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Guys, it's very clear. Gifts are to, you, to be used for the edifying of the body of Christ not for the lifting up of those with the gifts. You ever see an RV out there with my face on it? Punch me in my face. All right? And drag me out of here. It's not about me. It's not about any of us. These gifts are given for the edifying of the church, for God's glory and for his purposes. He's not doing these things so that man can be uh, glorified, lifted up. No, it's for the edifying of everybody else around us. It's all about, right? If we're all uh, different in all different, you know, one part of one body, then we can't all be trying to lift ourselves up, right? That was already addressed. Stay humble. You're not that important. We are. We are important. God loves us and everything, but kind of contrary to the word that's out, out there today is uh, you're number one in everything. Sorry, I won't get off on that rabbit trail, but. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, building up of the body of Christ. 
An encouragement I have is don't get caught up in the gift, but get caught up in, in knowing the one that gives the gifts. Okay? Don't get caught up in Yes, do we, do we seek out the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Do we use them when he tells us to? Yes. But if, that, if the pursuit is that thing, then we're off even in our mindset. Even when you think it's a spiritual thing, it's a spiritual thing, I can go after this. Are we forgetting the one that gives it? Our relationship with him is the most important thing we can have. And if we're seeking after something, okay, so then if that becomes our focus, let's say I'm going to use speaking in tongues. Okay, I'm going to use that as an example. If that is the only thing that we're seeking, that in and of itself can become an idol for us because it's more important to us than knowing Jesus Christ and glorifying him. What's the motive? Look deep down in our heart. What is the motive for this? Is this something that I really want, a prayer language between me and the Father? Is this what I really want because I want, I want to grow in my relationship with the Lord? Or do I want this so that I can be, so I can be lifted up? Do I want to be a prophet so I can share something? Everybody's going to look at me like, whoa. Just saw a really weird video that um, Ken uh, sent. And uh, very weird. And these people are, they call it Gandalf staff. The, the 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 people that put out the video, and it was a it was it was a joke. It was a spiritual joke. I say it was a joke to to look at it, but it's 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 sad because it was actually happening within the church. They're standing up there with a staff, and in with this staff, they're all standing there, and they have this this uh, this lady that uh, claims to be a prophet or an apostle. I can't remember which one she claimed to be, um, but they all have this staff. And uh, there, there's like five, six, seven people up there on, on and, and they're declaring an end to racism. And it's only going to work if all of the people up there have their hand on the staff and they do it three times. They did it twice and they all thought they were done. They're like, oh, wait a minute. It's this, it's this stupid, guys. It's this crazy. And they're like, oh, man, we, we almost got done with racism, but we didn't do it a third time. We have to do it again. I can't remember the words they had to say. And I saw this one lady on the first time she put her hand away. So did it did it work or anything? Guys, that's going on in the church. These people with, with these titles, they're coming up and they're doing these weird things. Notice they have to be on the stage. Everybody has to watch me walking around with a staff. What are you doing with a staff? Right? I mean, don't, you know, might have a cane to walk through. But staffs aren't really part of our our, our normal American culture, you're not walking around with this thing and the shawl and everything like that. Very weird. Inside the church, guys, to, and to build themselves up. The spiritual gifts are for the edifying of the church, for the building up of the church. So he goes on to say, hey, if you know, when we're using these things, we need to use them to, uh, he, he's explaining that it would be to the glory of the Lord, of course. He says to properly use these things, if prophecy, in proportion to your faith. Now understand, prophecy, we've talked about this before, but foretelling, uh, you know, something that's going to come, right? You go and you read, uh, Oliver was talking about, uh, um, he talked about uh, um, Isaiah and Ezekiel today, uh, Old Testament prophets, ones that God would speak to and they would deliver a message. You know, you look at, at how those messages were received, consider Jeremiah, I mean, they were chucking him into the stocks. Jeremiah's getting frustrated. He's like, I'm not even going to say the word. It, it, your, your word isn't going to come out of my mouth anymore. God's like, no, 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 I'm not done with you, right? But these people, 
prophets. They would, they would foretell. So you can look at that in the scripture. God can use a modern day Christian to exercise this gift of the Holy Spirit in today's world. There is a, there is a movement within Christianity. I've talked uh, mostly with Oliver and, and Tom about it recently of cessationism, that the gifts of the Spirit are no, they no longer uh, exist. And I remember one conversation I had with Oliver, and I'm like, there are like full chapters in the Bible, New Testament, that Paul's writing about proper, 1 Corinthians 14, the whole thing, whole chapters about how to properly use a spiritual gift that was going to go away in like 10 years or whatever. I mean, think about the, the craziness of saying God's gifts don't exist anymore. Crazy. If prophecy in proportion, in proportion to your faith. So there's foretelling, predictive messages. Thus says the Lord. Lord says this, I want you to proclaim this, right? Or Sorry, that's foretelling. Foretelling might be uh, us sharing a truth about God uh, that might include a predictive element, right? We might say, if you continue down that road, you're going to experience this hardship in your life. It says so in the scripture. Or it might be like, if you continue following the Lord, you're going to experience his blessings, right? We can see those things. Prophecy, being able to share. So uh, it's not only foretelling, it can be forthtelling also. But we need to be careful. You know, you can look through uh, uh, one that popped in my mind was Hananiah and Jeremiah 28. Be careful with the thus says, says the Lord's. Those are very powerful and they, with them comes the greatest responsibility and accountability. Hananiah prophesied falsehood, prophesied peace. When God said, you're not going to have peace, I'm correcting you. you know, and, and Hananiah came up and he even demonstrated. He didn't just say it. He came out and he said, oh, where, where's Jeremiah? Here, I'm going I'm I'm to unloose your, your, um, uh, the collar thing. Uh, yoke. I'm going to take off your yoke. Jeremiah probably glad to take off the yoke off his neck, right? And then Jeremiah is free, and, and Hananiah is saying, oh, hey, guess what, everybody, uh, peace is coming. Peace is coming. God's like, no, it's not. You need to be submissive uh, to the leader of the Chaldeans, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm correcting you right now. And Hananiah ended up losing his life. Jeremiah went in uh, and, and corrected him the next day. No, that's not, not what it's supposed to be. Got to be careful. If we're sharing something that the Lord has put on our, on our hearts, we have to be accurate with those things. You know, when you look at Old Testament, when, as, as we're going through, if, if, if there was a prophet that, that spoke something that didn't come to pass, they'd lose their lives for it because they misrepresented God. Very serious thing to say, thus says the Lord. You know, so we have to be uh, mindful of, of what the Bible is saying. What is God saying? And how do I share it? So that's uh, if prophecy. If ministry. Understand ministry is not about us, but ministering to the needs of the others. See a need, just jump in. Teaching. Given the gift of teaching, teach. You know, no great mystery. God equipping the called, right? <clears throat> Exhortation. It says, uh, it's talking about exhortation, serving him and en encouraging and urging others to follow him. Standing close by, that, that you would exhort somebody. You're standing next to them and you're encouraging them in their relationship with the Lord.
those who have been given a gift of giving, gift of gift of gives, right? Given a generous heart, give freely and cheerfully. That's where we're going to find the fulfillment for that that person that has that very special gift. That's a gift, guys. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. God just working through us. Lead with diligence, consistency, and discipline. If you're given a gift of, of, of leading, then do it. Do so with diligence. Don't be up and down, up and down, straightforward, with diligence, consistency. I love this. Mercy with cheerfulness. Dang it, i got to be merciful to you. Sounds really love-filled, doesn't it? No. True mercy with cheerfulness. That's going to edify. That's going to exhort somebody. We've been given mercy. We need to share mercy. Wow, I'm way behind. I need to pick this up here. Verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Let love be without hypocrisy. Genuine love, without falsehood. Full and pure, not fake. Abhor what is evil. Hate what is evil is what that's saying. Not be like, not flirt around with it. Oh, I know the Bible says this is evil, but I'm still going to do it. No, abhor it. Hate it. You hate something, you don't want it in your life, right? Just abhor it. The things that God hates, we need to hate. Sin. Cling to what is good. Cling to, if we're going to cling to something. We really are. If you're going to cling to something, cling to God. Cling to what is good. Those things that come from God, they honor Him. They bless us. They draw us closer to Him. Those are the things to cling to. Psalm 34, 14 says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. There's a cross-reference that, that you would be blessed to, to know. Verse, uh, verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another, right? So there was already uh, a warning against lifting yourself up, right? Paul uh, addresses it in a different way here. Kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Right, kindly affectionate to one another, loving as brothers should, brothers of the Lord with the same father, right? We all know that a brotherhood down on, on this earth can be, <laughs> just because somebody's you know the blood relative doesn't mean that that's going to be a good relationship. You know, unfortunately, that's not the case sometimes, right? But if we uh, are, are loving one another with godly, brotherly love, uh, what does that look like? Giving honor and, uh, so in honor, giving preference to one another. Brothers in God's love. Act in such a way to obey God and to please Him, right? Making others more important than ourselves. Philippians 2, 3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Selflessness, right? It addressed selfishness in chapter, uh, sorry, uh, uh, in verse 3. And now he's talking about a selflessness. Considering others more, uh, or, or you can look at it as, as it reads, esteem others better than ourselves. Opposite of the world's existence, right? It's all like step on. You know, you're gonna get, you're gonna get success. You're gonna uh, have to beat out the other person. Look out for number one first. Uh, the Bible is teaching us to be kindly affectionate, giving preference, right? Jesus talked about this, right? And and he explained. Uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be as brief as I can. 
he, he was just explaining, if you want to be great, you need to be the service, servant of all. Want to be great in the kingdom of heaven? You need to be the service of, ser, servant of all. Verse 11, not lacking in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not lacking in diligence, fervent in spirit. Not dragging our knuckles and serving him. You know, lip on the floor. My mom, when we get sad or something, stick our, our, our lip out. She's French. She said, oh, you're bubbin. Right there, you know, sticking my, you know, you, I'd say to my kids, they I always get them laughing. I see them chuckling right now. They look at them, are you going to trip on your lip or what? Right? It's hanging so low. We're not supposed to be doing that spiritually, right? Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That fervence, serving Him, serving faithfully in joy and excitement. There should, it should be exciting to, to serve the Lord. Guys, and I'm not just talking about in this church. Serving God in all that we do. And when you're at the grocery store and everything, you know, we, are we going to be the person, ah, number one, huh, I'm going to cut that guy off. I know he's waiting for that parking spot. I'm going to take it. Lord held it for me. I've heard people say that before. It's hilarious. Right? Cut somebody off to get it. Oh, that's definitely from God. Sure. Okay. Be fervent and diligent. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Do it heartily. Knowing who we are serving. It's a privilege to bear His name. He redeemed us, set us on the rock. We know we're serving Him. Verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Patient in tribulation. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. How do we maintain a proper mindset of walking with Him? And the Lord rejoice in hope. Guys, that rejoicing in hope, if there's nothing else to, to, to really think like, what am I rejoicing over? That your name's written in the book of heaven. That's That sounds good to me. Like the overall thing, right? You remember being in high school, like, I don't really care what happens, good or bad. I just want my diploma to get out of here. This is so much greater than, or maybe that was just me. But so much greater. So much greater. Being patient in hard times, right? Patient in tribulation. Tribulation, speaking of hard time, trusting him and following him uh, by faith through them. Not saying, well, I don't see God here with me, so I'm done. No, it's trusting him through them. Patient in tribulation. Patient, waiting on him. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Remember, Will, uh, years and years ago, had this old car that was out here. I think it was a red station wagon. Remember that maroon or red station wagon? And there's a bumper sticker on it that said, persistent prayer. I still remember the bumper sticker. All it said was three words. Persistent prayer. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. That's our time to connect with the Lord, to hear from Him, to talk to Him, to have a conversation with God. Encourage us as we're praying to be silent and wait. Wait to hear from Him. Lord, speak to me. That steadfast, that unwavering, being uh, that, that's uh, the steadfastness, I should say, in our prayer, not wavering, regardless of circumstances. Right? Luke eighteen verse one says, "Then he spoke this parable that men always ought to pray and not lose heart." And then he goes on and he shared with them about the persistent widow. He describes a wicked judge that would fine, you know. 
compare that to the wonderful God that we have that wants to bless us and, 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 and to equip us and build us and help us. You know, we don't have to worry about a, uh, that type of judge. We have a good father. Don't lose heart. Continue praying. Verse 13. These are instructions in Christian living. Verse 13 says, Distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. You know, looking out for others' needs and meeting those needs as God leads us. Given to hospitality. You know, it might be giving a ride. It might be giving a place to stay with wisdom. Right? Using wisdom. We've had people pop into this church. Right? Tom and I gave somebody a ride. We're not offering him a place to stay amongst anybody here. We're going to give him a ride to the, the, the McDonald's, give him some food, and say, have a great day. We showed him, part, showed him some hospitality. We weren't inviting him into anybody's homes. Then there are some that, some that we've seen that have come to this church. Even in, Guys, this isn't just a visitor here. It might be people within the church that need to be ministered to, whatever it is. Just be wise, right? Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 40, uh, sorry, Matthew 5, verses 43 through 45, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. If we need an example of somebody who has done that, Jesus Christ. Right? What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right? And consider the circumstances he was under. And what was his word? Forgive them. Never see a greater example of that. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. This means ministering uh, at where people are at. We know a brother or sister that's weeping. We're not going to come up to him and be like, yes, I can't believe you're going through such tragedy in your life. Right? Or they're really excited and you come up to them weeping. Right? Well, that would be really weird to do those things. Bear one another's burdens, uh, Galatians 6 tells us. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Somebody's weeping, weep with them. You know, ministry is about serving others, not the satisfaction we can get from it. I've shared this before, but um, John Corson, um, he was a, he's a pastor over in, in Oregon. I used to be Calvary Chapel. Um, I, he's not anymore, but uh, in his life, I read his book, um, I read some of his book. I'd be lying to say I read it all because I, I, uh, I didn't. But uh, he lost his wife and he lost his daughter, uh, both in separate car crashes in different times. He was writing a book about grieving, and he's trying to encourage others that are going through hard times. And uh, he shared an example of somebody, and I will say his, his, uh, his, other, uh, his son, um, Peter John, I think his name was, he died. Uh, he was a pastor and died uh, of cancer uh, years later. But one thing he shared within the book was that there was a man that just lost a loved one. And the greatest, you know, there were all, all kinds of people who meant well to come alongside and say something spiritual, say something to encourage them. But the ones that meant that, that, that ministered to him the most, was uh, the one that did was the one that just sat down next to him, didn't say a word. 
Sometimes it's just weeping with somebody. Sometimes it's just being there. You know, the attaboys maybe later on, but sometimes, you know, just just saying, hey, man, whatever's breaking your heart's breaking mine. Bear one another's burden. So fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians 6, 2 says. We, we can make it through it. I'll make it through it. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. The same mind toward one another. If we've got one that's trying to climb on the other, you're not of the same mind, right? And that's spiritually, right? It might be for positions within the church. It might be for recognition. It might be for whatever else. But if there's there's the mindset that I'm going to set my mind on high things and uh, and, and uh, I'm going to forget about humility, uh, those things uh, here that are listed associate with the humble. Well, these are just peasants over here. I want to be important like that person here. That mindset. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Associate with the humble. Pride's an ugly thing, isn't it? Now the, it's the exact opposite of, uh, of humility. We shouldn't be seeking greatness or great things for ourselves. We really shouldn't. No, no minister of the gospel in whatever category somebody is, whatever gift they have, should be trying to uh, glorify themselves. Love one another. Glorify God. Not be wise in your own opinion, because it's our own opinion. We always think our right. We're right. I am right because of this. It's my opinion, right? Let the Lord uh, and His Word be what determines what is right or wrong for us. But when it comes to our opinion, we need to be somebody that's that's pliable and not sitting there lifting ourselves up, saying, "Oh no, it's my opinion of this." Proverbs seventeen twenty eight says, "Even a fool is counted wise when he count when he holds his peace." When he shuts his lips, he's considered perceptive. Right? So we're all willing to like blurt out our opinion. Sometimes even a fool can look, you know, wise just for keeping the mouth shut, not saying a word. There's that popular saying there, like uh, something about. Uh, never, I won't even say it because I can't even think of it. So it's about opening your mouth. You know it. I know you know it, Oliver. <laughs> he's just grinning at me right now. But it's it's you know it's better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and confirm the thought. Is basically what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, how many relationships are ruined by the opinions of sinful man, right? Don't be wise in our own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. You know, turn the other cheek. That lesson in humility uh, and, and praying for grace for them. Guys, understand eye for an eye was a limit that was set. Can't like lose an eye and then take someone's life. Right? It was a limit that was set, right? Someone chops off your ear, then you can chop off their ear and that's it. Or whatever, eye for ear for ear, whatever. There was a limit that was set. The mindset here is having a regard for good things. You know, that'll give us a good perspective and that will result in a good witness for Christ. If all we're thinking about is, ah, oh, I'm going to get that person back and not focused on the good things, right? Because right after he says that, return, uh, uh, return no one evil for evil, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Just focus on the good things. Let, Lord, let the Lord sort everything else out. Verse 18, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If possible, sometimes it might not be, right? But as much as depends on you, this is where the Christian's on the hook, right here. As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. This gives us responsibility and accountability. As much as we can control to live peaceably with all men, including 
and especially with brothers and sisters in the church. May not be the, like the closest friends with everybody, you know, that's probably hard to do when we've got, you know, a bunch of people here and, uh, you know, different lives and lived in different spots or whatever, but we can live peaceably with everybody. Absolutely, especially within the church, right? This command uh, is to Christians, not to an unbeliever. We're not, uh, also, let, uh, don't take this like, yeah, I'm a believer and you're not, so uh, I'm better than you. Yeah, that's really not going to uh, you know, advance uh, you know, peace or anything like that. Within the church, we're all called to this, to live peaceably with, it, with one another. Verse 19, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, uh, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Evil can overcome us if we let it. You know, Paul ends what we know is the end of chapter 12 uh, in saying, do not be overcome with evil. Overcome evil with good. But the scripture tells us to overcome evil with good here. Uh, what does that mean? Do this by not avenging ourselves. <laughs> right? You can just back up sometimes for the explanation of, of, of these things. Don't avenge ourselves. Prayerfully put the situation at God's feet, submitting it to him and say, Lord, you know the wrong that's been done to me and I submit it to you. I'm not going to seek out vengeance. Vengeance is yours. Ask him to take care of the situation. God's going to take care of it. Remember, if you guys need some examples of those, just open up the book of Psalms and watch David. David's like, take him out, Lord. You do this. You do that. There's a quote here from Proverbs 25, verses 21 and 22. That's what's being saying here. Uh, so if you're, you see that in quotes uh, in your Bible, it's from Proverbs 25. Enemies hungry, feed him. Thirsty, give him a drink. This will change things, right? Heaping coals of fire on his head is not going to injure him, but then they'll see they're wrong. They're going to regret it, and they'll repent. Like, why was I against this guy in the first place, right? It's speaking of ministering to them, and then they're going to be like, is this person really my enemy? It's going to blow their minds. They're expecting the fight, but if you go over and say, notice you didn't have any food. I'll go get some lunch. Sit down, talk it out, eat some food. So in this chapter, we are encouraged by Paul not to be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, yielding to the Spirit's will. So live our lives with a different mindset, it says, serving God with all that we have and all that we are as living sacrifices. Know that God has brought many people with different gifts together, brought us all together we're all called to love him, to love each other, to serve one another, not trying to make ourselves better than anybody else. Serve God. Live peaceably. Share mercy, grace, and love uh, with people. That, that same mercy, grace, and love that has changed us. And the last thing that, that we studied this morning was do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, with a renewed mind. Understanding we are called to be living sacrifices. The old me might wanted to do this. But wait, I'm carrying out my life as a living sacrifice to the Lord. My mind's been renewed. I have to approach this differently. I'm not going to be able to love my enemy and everything based on my own human, uh, my flesh. It's the Holy Spirit. So the marks of a true Christian are love, humility, and service. 
Those things, uh, these things that we just read here are all conduct that show that we're being transformed into the image of Christ. Our mind is being changed, right? Micah 6.8, I'll leave you with this. He's shown you, O oh man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, love mercy, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. We apply these basic principles into our lives and apply this to uh, biblical living. We're going to be blessed in our lives. We're going to grow. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for what you've done. We're grateful for your word, how it corrects us, instructs us. Lord, that everything points to you. And then we learn from there. Your spirit teaches us. We're so grateful for you, for your word. We pray that you would have your way in our lives and in our minds. In this day and moving forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.